All right, Christ Church. I'm Pastor Bob, the uh, lead pastor here at Christ Church. Uh, thanks. Awesome to be with you uh, in worship today. And we're wrapping up uh, our series on uh, friendship uh, today. Uh, let me start by saying, hey, thanks uh, to all the veterans uh, in the crowd today. If you're sitting next to them, give them a hug, give them a pat on the back for their service. And uh, we do really seriously appreciate uh, the sacrifice of that. And uh, there's folks that aren't with us who lay down their life for us that we can be in the room today. Uh, so we're grateful, thankful for them. So remember that over the weekend. Uh, give a thanks uh, prayer of thanks for that, will you? Uh, we're going to wrap up the series on, uh, on friendship. Hopefully you found this to be a uh, helpful uh, experience. And I know we got kids in the room today. Uh, so kids, uh, you're going to have to hopefully listen up. You'll glean something here because it, this applies to uh, all of us really, uh, regardless of our age, in terms of developing uh, those important friendships uh, in our life. And the challenge today is we're going to be talking not simply about uh, developing friendships in our life, but also uh, unfriending, right? When we need to be able to um, cut loose uh, on some friendships, which is uh, challenging and difficult for us uh, as Christians. And I've got to be honest with you, this message, uh, putting it together, is a challenging and, uh, and difficult thing for us because inherent to us as Christ followers uh, is this tension uh, that we have of being in the world uh, and yet not uh, of the world. Uh, so we're going to try to wrestle with that, with that tension uh, today. Uh, we started the whole series uh, just understanding the importance uh, of friends and who we surround ourselves with. Uh, kids, it's really important who your friends are, right? And so Proverbs 13 uh, is a great verse for us from uh, Solomon. Let's read it all together. If you're uh, able to read, read it all together. Uh, walk with the wise and become wise. Associate with fools and get in trouble. Yeah, that's just a foundational principle because friends really do forecast your future. It's really important uh, who you surround with. That's going to impact the outcomes of your life. That was week one. Week two, we said there's also an invitation in there. Because friends really do forecast your future, not only is the invitation to stop and look and start evaluating who your friends are, uh, but it's also to start praying for and seeking out uh, a godly friends who can step into your life, right? Or recognizing that you, if you're a Christ follower already, uh, you may be a friend who needs to step into somebody else's life. And that simple principle is that one friend can redirect uh, your future. And so start praying for, start asking for God to bring that right friend uh, into your life that can deepen uh, your walk and your discipleship. And then we followed up last week with understanding that it's not just about one-on-one -on -one friendships, but it's also about uh, group relationship, right? That we're in relationship uh, with Christ, but that inherently demands and uh, calls us to be in relationship uh, with others. And so you are only one group away uh, from having a relationship uh, life change uh, go on in your life. And I have to say that the most consistent response I got uh, to last week's message was uh, folks saying to me, Pastor, we were just waiting. We are just waiting for you to say, get in a small group. You never said, get in a small group. Did I really need to say that? You, you get that, right? So if I need to say that for those out there wondering, get in a small group, okay? 
That's, that's what it's about. You're supposed to be in those relationships, get in a ministry, get involved somewhere around Christ Church. Uh, just get, get in relationship. You're called, called to do that, okay? So I cleared that one away. So today we follow up with another uh, principle, and it, and it really kind of goes back to where we started to, in some degree, and that is just to understand that, uh, that if you're a Christ follower, not only your friends are important, not only to forecast your future, um, but we need to make sure that we're able to look realistically and understand these friend relationships. And there are going to be times in our life when we need to call an end to a friend, that we need to be able to walk away from a friend relationship. And that's difficult, right? Uh, on Facebook, it's pretty easy, right? It's just kind of a click. I've unfriended you, right? And you're done. But in real life, in our relationships, that can be really difficult for us. But it's a principle for us, and that is to have a right life, right? Or to have a righteous really talk a lot to Christ followers today, okay? So uh, if you're a Christ follower, you, you need to be able to do what Paul's doing here is, is to understand your friend relationships and be able to identify those friend relationships that are risky to you, right? He understands that his ministry among uh, the people in Ephesus there has some risk by its nature, he understands. And so he's just defining that. He's just calling it what it is. He's just defining and saying, listen, uh, that's, that's just the way, that's my relationship to those, those people. He's not suggesting he's not going to be in relationship with them, but he is clearly defining and understanding there's a risk in the relationship. You see that? If you go down to verse 33, he says, don't be fooled by those who say such things, for bad company corrupts good character. Uh, every parent of a, of a teenager loves this verse, right? <laughs> Bad company, that's like if Johnny jumped off a bridge, uh, right? I'm the only one whose parent used that when I was a teenager, right? Yeah, these were thrown up to me a lot. Anyway, uh, but notice it says bad company corrupts, right? Not instantaneous. It takes time, but it wears you down, uh, and, it, and it eventually rusts. It eventually corrupts. And so he, he's understanding here 
the risk that's involved in some relationships. And, and that's the permission we need to give ourselves. We need to understand as we look at our friends, what, what are those friend relationships that come with uh, some risk? If you look at Proverbs, it says, My child, if sinners entice you, turn your back on them. My child, don't go along with them. Stay away from their paths. Now, notice what he did in the first uh, verse in 10. He says, my child, if who? If sinners. So he's clearly defining his relationship, right, to, to these folks. Now, they may be friends, but he understands they're not friends who are necessarily walking in the same direction and the same path that he's walking in. And so he's defining that relationship, but ultimately he says, my child, don't go along with them. Stay away from their paths. He doesn't necessarily say stay away totally from them. He's saying just don't follow them, right? Don't, don't buy into them, right? And this is the tension if you're a Christ follower that we live in when it comes to our relationships and our friendships, especially when we have friends who are non-believers, right? Which we need to have. We'll see that. Uh, and, and we just live in that tension, but we need to understand and be able to be able to name that, to be able to go in and understand what this relationship is. The way I try to describe it is for a Christ follower, right? So if you're a Christ follower in the room today, for a Christ follower, you need to have two kinds of friendships going on in your life. Uh, one is an on-mission friend, right? This is a relationship you have, a friendship you have. It's genuine. It's authentic. It's not playing games. It's a genuine, authentic relationship, friendship that you have, but you understand it's a relationship and a friendship with a non-believer. You, you call that out. You know in your own mind. You know in your own heart what that relationship uh, is. And then second, relationships. You have relationships with maturing disciples, right? That would be what we've talked about in the last two weeks. That friend that you've been praying for that's walking in that same direction. That group of Christ followers that you get together with uh, regularly and pray with and get encouraged in the Word with, right? Those are those discipling, maturing kinds of relationships. But as Christ followers, we also need to have these on-mission friendships, we need to put ourselves out there and have these on-mission, authentic, genuine relationship and friendships with folks who aren't walking in the same direction, who aren't necessarily, you know, right and tight uh, with, with Christ. But we do that understanding that's the nature of the relationship, that that's part of the relationship. And so we have on-mission friendships but we know about them, we understand those relationships, and we protect ourselves in those relationships. Do you get the tension I'm describing here? So, so we have these on-mission friendships. Why do, why do we have on-mission friendships? Why don't we just say, no, listen, all we're going to do is the first two. We're just going to get together with mature Christians. That's all we're going to do. We're just going to hang out with mature Christians and be safe. Well, you can't do that and be the light to the world. You can't do that and go make other people disciples, non-believers, 
followers of Christ. You got to be in relationship with them. And, and we're understanding more and more in today's culture, and especially in the culture that's coming, coming with a millennial culture, that the foundation of how that most authentically is going to happen is through friendship. And so we Christ followers need to understand the importance of us having these on-mission, genuine, authentic, on-mission relationships of friendship. But we need to understand that's what they are and be able to protect ourselves in these relationships, right? Second uh, Samuel says, but amen, uh, Amnon, sorry, but Amnon had a very crafty friend, his cousin uh, Jonadab, right? Great cousin, right? Led him into sin, bad stuff happened, right? But he, he had this friendship, right? And, and so we need to have uh, these friendships, but we need to be able to also walk away. We need to also be able to put the boundaries on the relationship, and at times it means we will have to walk away or walk away for a period of time in these friendships. Proverbs says, don't do as the wicked do and don't follow the path of evildoers. Don't even think about it. Don't go that way. Turn away and do what? And keep moving, right? Now, this is really difficult stuff for us because we're called to be in the world and to be in a relationship with people so they come to understand the power and the goodness and the love of Christ. And yet we have to do that by protecting ourselves. You can see it uh, the way Paul kind of describes it in his ministry, right, as he was doing it to the Corinthians there. He said, now this is our boast, right? Our conscience testifies that we've conducted ourselves in the world. Did he draw away from the world? No, he was out there in the world, right? He was out there doing it with believers and unbelievers, right? More unbelievers. And especially in our relations with you, with integrity and godly sincerity. How did he live before others? Integrity and godly sincerity, right? He's walking with Christ. We have done so relying not on worldly wisdom, but on God's grace. So we enter into these relationships but we enter in authentically, we enter in genuinely, but we do it based on who we are, God's grace that has overwhelmed us. What I want to suggest this morning is that if you're a Christ follower this morning in the room, uh, and young people, especially you, as you develop relationships in school and as you grow and all that stuff, uh, you need to establish for yourself uh, two boundaries for your relationships that are these on-mission friendships that we all need to have, okay? Two boundaries. Boundary number one is that uh, you just won't get distracted uh, from God's purposes in your life. They just kind of set this boundary in the relationship, and you say, listen, I'm going to authentically be a friend. I'm going to authentically love uh, this other person, but there's a boundary here. I'm not going to be distracted from understanding and following through on what God wants to do in my life. Uh, that's just a non-go. That's just a boundary that that I will not cross. And we see Jesus had that boundary. Uh, ironically, it was one with one of his disciples, Peter. Right? Uh, Jesus says, "Hey, I'm going to Jerusalem. They're going to arrest me. They're going to beat me. They're going to kill me. Three days later, I'm going to rise." Uh, and he gets done, and Peter takes him aside and says, Whoa, Lord, heaven forbid, 
This, this cannot. This will never happen to you. And Jesus turns to Peter and says, what? Get away from me, Satan. You're a dangerous trap to me. You are seeing things merely from a human point of view, not from God's. What just happened? Jesus just set a pretty clear boundary, didn't he? Saying, no, wait, that, that's a trap. I've got to be careful here. I've got to protect myself. That's a trap. I can't go there. I can't go where you're thinking, Peter, because that would keep me from the cross. That would keep me from fulfilling uh, God's purpose in my life. And so Jesus sets this really clear kind of boundary, and, and that's what we do. We know these are on-mission friendships. They're on-mission relationships, and, and we just got to set some boundaries. And one is we're, we're just not going to get distracted uh, from God's purposes in our life. Um, in the Old Testament, God is absolutely committed to this principle. Um, lots of times folks will come, come to me and say, Pastor, whoa, I love the New Testament, but man, that Old Testament, it's, it's pretty bloody, and man, God is pretty harsh, and I can't believe some of the things that he expected them to do. Well, what you need to know is when you're in that material, you need to understand God is just absolutely jealous for his people. Right? He, he is absolutely committed to you, and he is, he is jealous for you. And, and he doesn't want any harm to come to you at all. And, and because he's so jealous for you, and because he doesn't want any, any harm to come for you, because he knows what he can do and accomplish in your life, he, he is just overly jealous. And so he just wants to set those boundaries. And sometimes those boundaries seem to us awfully harsh. Uh, to him, he's protecting us, right? To him, he was protecting the people of Israel. So here in Deuteronomy, he says, suppose someone secretly entices you, even your brother, your son, your daughter, your beloved wife, or your closest friend, and says, let us go worship other gods. Let's not show up at Christ Church every Sunday like we should, or let's not go meet with other Christians and grow deep in our relationship with them and others. Let's not get involved in a ministry where we help other people for the cause of Christ. They, they might suggest that you worship the gods of people who live nearby or who come from the ends of the earth. Now look what he says in 8. But do not give in or listen. Have no pity. And do not spare or protect them. You must put them to death. Now, we're not suggesting you go put somebody to death, right? But it may mean it may mean you have to evaluate your friendships. It may mean you have a friendship you need to withdraw from Be because they're just so committed to drawing you away from the purposes of God in your life. And that's a boundary. That's a boundary for us, right? I mean, you're there to be on mission. You're there to witness to them, to love them, to care for them authentically and genuinely. But, but if they become a roadblock and a boundary that's drawing you away, you've got to reevaluate. You've got to think it through. That's a boundary. Second boundary is it may be somebody who is just repeatedly pressuring you to uh, just fall into a sin, right? To just act in a way that you know is contrary uh, to the way God wants you to live as, as a committed uh, follower of Christ. And, and that becomes a boundary for us. There's a great example of that 
uh, in the Old Testament with uh, Joseph and uh, Potiphar's wife, right? How many know the story of Joseph and Potiphar's wife? Yeah, good. Some of you do. Thanks. It's family Sunday, so I'm not going to go into detail. (laughs) But anyway, uh, Joseph was a handsome and well-built young guy, must have spent a lot of time at Planet Fitness. And uh, Potiphar's wife uh, noticed that, and uh, she got intrigued by him and said, come on, let's nap. Uh, And uh, (laughs) Joseph said, no, 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 don't need a nap, don't need to do that. Uh, And uh, what he says is really good. He says, look, my master trusts me with everything in his entire household. No one here has more authority than I do. He's held back nothing from me except you because you are his wife. Now look what he says. How could I do such a wicked thing? It would be a great sin against who? God. Now, notice what he just did there. He understands on the surface that this would be a great sin against uh, Potiphar, right? His, his master. That this would, there's no question. Be great. But what does he also equate it with? It would be a great sin not only against Potiphar, but also against God, right? It, it, would, it would interrupt his relationship uh, with God. And, and so he simply draws a boundary, and look how he responds. She keeps putting pressure on him. She kept putting pressure on Joseph day after day, right? So if you have a friend, that that's just what they're, they just keep again and again and again and again. They will not let up on you. You, you need to reevaluate. He does, and he refused to take that nap, and instead he kept out of her way. He kept out of her way as much as possible. And eventually, when the pressure becomes so great, he eventually just runs from the house, right? He unfriends her. We need to have those boundaries as Christ followers, that even though we're authentically caring, even though we're authentically loving, folks who are not Christ followers along with us are on mission friends. We also need to balance it with these boundaries that say, listen, it cannot get in the way of God's purpose in my life, and it cannot continue to be this day-after-day pressure to, to entice me to fall into a sin, into something I know that is contrary to God's purposes. We live in this incredible tension that, that God calls us to be Christ followers who are in the world but not of the world. And so we put ourselves in relationship, genuine, authentic, loving relationships with folks who, who don't know Him yet. That's the call in our life. And yet we set these boundaries uh, for ourselves, right? Uh, but the one non-negotiable, the one absolute non-negotiable is our commitment as a Christ follower to keep being on mission, keep developing these friendships with those who don't know him yet, right? We may have to withdraw from a few along the way, but we, we're absolutely committed to, to these relationships and these on-mission uh, friendships. That is an absolute non-negotiable for a Christ follower, uh, and you need to know that's an absolute non-negotiable uh, for Christ Church, right? So if, if you're in the room this morning and you've been, uh, been kind of wondering what the heck is this all about, he's talking to Christ followers this morning, and maybe you're not one of them, right? Maybe you're not right and tight with Christ uh, yet. Um, I want you to know that God loves you, 
that Jesus gave up his life for you so that your life can be lifted and elevated. Uh, and he has great dreams and great purposes uh, for your life. And Christ Church is absolutely committed to you. We are absolutely committed that you will discover that incredible friendship and relationship uh, with Christ. And uh, that front door, there's no litmus test. There's no, uh, no uh, criteria that needs to be met in order to come in that front door uh, because we all got in it. And we all fall short of the glory of God. Amen? Yeah, we all do. And so there's no limits. Because why? It's a non-negotiable. Non-negotiable. That we are absolutely committed to God's love for broken sinners. Uh, When Jesus came into the world, he did his ministry, and the Pharisees criticized him. What was one of the things they criticized him for? You hang out with tax collectors and sinners. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Yes, we do. Absolutely. But as we hang out in those relationships, we hang out in those relationships with boundaries because we know our relationship. We know our relationship with those friends. And so we have these boundaries that cannot be crossed because first and foremost, we are on mission and on purpose And first and foremost, we live to please and bring glory to Christ. Let's pray. Father, thanks uh, so much today that as we think about sacrifice today, that, uh, Lord, you gave up your life uh, for us. And not just for us, uh, but you gave up your life uh, for so many around us uh, that don't know you yet. Uh, And we know the path into their heart. Uh, is through genuine and authentic friendships. And so, Lord, we, we pray today that not only as we ask for, uh, for another friend to come into our life who would be just a committed Christ follower walking in the right direction, uh, as we pray for a, a group of people, a Christ followers, to surround us and disciple us and encourage us, uh, we also pray today that you'd lead each one of us into uh, just a genuine, authentic relationship uh, with somebody who doesn't know you yet. Uh, and, and help us to understand it and be protected in that relationship, uh, but help us to be on mission, uh, that you're going to use us in such incredible ways uh, that, that they'll come to know you uh, just as we do. So, Lord, we ask today that you would lead us in all of our friendships and encourage us uh, to always be on mission, uh, always in your purpose. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen.